Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 167. We're actually Whoa. in a sustained middle temperature now yeah. that I can deal with. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I remember there was a Thanksgiving that my mom came. <laughs> she brought all these sweaters. She, you know, I'm from Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. So she brought all these sweaters with shit she could never wear in, in Palm Springs. And she was so excited, and she arrived, and it's 78 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, she, and we literally died, like, yeah. dined al fresca. And Aww. I'm like, I'm sorry, your Thanksgiving did not Don't turn out to be the, three, like, cold two, thing you were hoping for. One. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we every day are reminded of the difference between a norm and a law. Just keep being reminded literally every day. I am your host, Nikki Farsad. And holy impeachment inquiry, you guys. Is this really happening? Are we going to uphold the Constitution? I don't know. We're going to talk about it. And we're also going to check in on the 2020 primary race. And finally, we'll ask, should we take money from monsters? Um, today, ah, oh, this panel. You guys, so excited. Um, I'm joined for the very first time uh, by this woman who I also met at a podcast festival um, nary a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, 
Um, and boy, was I impressed with her. Uh, she is the host of the podcast Bad With Money. She's also the author of that samely titled book, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad With Money, which, by the way, um, she's loath to mention, but I am not loath to mention, is a New York Times bestseller. The, the YA novel is the bestseller. Not but the this New York Times. Oh, no, this is not this the bestseller. One, this one did go into a third reprint if we are looking to brag. Okay, okay. <laughs> In third reprint. Uh, but what is the YA novel called? I don't, uh, I have two YA novels that I've oh, written. Jesus Christ. I didn't even fr- know this about you. <laughs> with my friend Allison Raskin. I have... In 2019, three books coming out. Fuck! Wow. Thank you. Well done. You guys, well done to Gabby Dunn. Thank you. My ex-girlfriend was like, nothing like a manic episode. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> woo! Um, yeah. I know. Do you not need as much sleep as the average? I found that people who get a lot of shit done are like, oh, I only need like six hours. No, but are it's also awful. Yeah, you're like, oh, I completed all of this stuff, but then I cried for six months? What's right. that about? I don't know. Right. It's not great. Got you. Uh, but I am a longtime listener of this show, by the way. First time guest, oh, longtime listener. Oh, so excited. A, a true fan. Thank you. Thank you for for joining us and for saying that. Um, you guys, the other person in this room is none other than the host of the podcast Blank Check and the star of the tick on Amazon. And despite its cancellation, we're still extremely proud and stream- <laughs> and, and I still extremely recommend the viewing of the show. You've heard him here before and you've loved him here before. You guys, it's Griffin Newman. Hey, Griffin. Uh, hey, I just, want, I just want to point out in uh, juxtaposition that I sleep a ton and my TV show got canceled. <laughs> So I'm feeling like maybe Gabby has no, it no, figured no, out. No, 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 uh, It's not good. But I also cry a ton. So I don't, I feel like I don't know. We're, we're overlapping. You finish stuff, but then you're like, I want to crawl out of my skin. I woke up, I like was, I, I took a little bit too much of my antidepressant last night nice. by accident. And then I was sure. up at 5 a.m. and I cooked a whole like breakfast for, and I was just like, wow. there's no reason. It's, I'm just like thrumming with anxiety. And then I was like, I wonder what that was about. Oh, 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 I see. It's not right, great. Right. I mean, <laughs> has anyone figured out equilibrium? No. No, no. no absolutely you not. Know? No, we just haven't. Nope. Um, I'm trying to keep this baby I've got in a nice, non-anxious state. Uh, What's she's that? doing great so far. Yeah, what are you doing? I mean, just like feeding her at at uh, similar hours being predictable yeah sure be pre- and then also if if she's like you know and then showing her love and affection <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean a tough one, a real tough one. I thought you were gonna say like playing muse, soft music, and lighting no, incense. I th- she, weirdly, she—it's like she doesn't need that. I think she mostly just needs love and affection, baby. Yeah. And then I play her some songs and we do some karaoke. You know what I mean? Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. And that's kind of—I think that like it's like a nice release for her. Yeah, <laughs> babies that, need. For me, I'm indifferent. <laughs> they need like skin to skin contact. Yeah, you have to need, like yeah, hold them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they get dopamines off of it. And then apparently. I also get dopamine. Yes. So, because I guess I'm I'm like fond of her. <laughs> anyway, so the whole thing's really annoying. All can, right. Can I just say yes. what a coup it feels uh, like to be on the uh, impeachment inquiry episode? I can't believe it. I like, I'm so excited. Guys, it, is, it feels like you guys getting are so like special right, right now. Right. It's like getting like a guest spot on the sitcom episode that airs after the Super Bowl. Right. You know, you're like, but this one's going to be like watched by everyone. Yeah. I know. I've already got. 
gotten tweets like, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Uh, so and so let us give it to them by getting into topic number one. You guys, uh, thanks to a whistleblower, um, we now know that Donnie had a call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, a name that nobody knew before, and it's now the only name that anyone knows. Um, and by some reports, reports, the call was a bit of a shakedown to get Zelensky to investigate Biden, possibly in exchange for a scheduled aid package. And now there's an actual impeachment inquiry in the works. Um, and I say by some reports because, well, it, it's like, I guess it's a little misleading. Um but they released not a transcript. No, notes. Notes that were taken by, like, situation room duty guys mm-hmm. uh, who, like, had a voice memo, had their iPhone sitting out. Right. Uh, voice memoing and uh, yeah. using that, the, the fucking voice transcription feature. What is that called? Yeah. I'm saying a lot of words <laughs> yeah, for something they were that like, should be simple. They were like, Siri. Siri. Record this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Speech and they to just text. put yeah, that to, to, to Donnie's face. And then on the Ukrainian side, there was a guy with his iPhone. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, so it's not the transcript. Right, which is, it's being misreported by a lot of news outlets as them saying, oh, this is the transcript. And I saw people being like, no, don't say that because it gives it more weight. It's not right. the actual it's transcript. Not, but it's still pretty fucking damning yeah. Yeah. so first before we get into like impeachment what did this call look like to you um how does it read the dumbest thing ever hmm. so stupid like i was just like this is clearly a person who has no concept of like how this is supposed to work at all or like what is illegal or what isn't like it was just like so weirdly flagrant, but I guess not weirdly because that's been the it whole did, deal with it, with this guy. Fra- flagrant because yeah. Zelensky said asked Trump for an increase in military aid yeah. um, because he specifically wants to get more javelin anti tank missiles. Sure. As one does. And I have some in my apartment. Right, everybody does. Um and uh and and Trump was like, and this is well, this is what the the notes say. He said, I would like you to do us a favor though. And like the, the though word there. Favor. Favor uh, and though both seem to me like, uh, yeah. I'll do, do me this favor and then I'll get you some fucking javelin tanks. He's not even speaking in like code in any way. No. <laughs> no. That was my big takeaway from the notes was, right, this is how I presume every single phone call with Donald Trump goes. All stories we have heard about him for decades, you know, even prior to him having any political career, were always based around he views himself as this art of the deal master negotiator. And he is so much about his ego in relation to everyone else's success that any single phone call he has is going to be transactional in some way. And it's going to be him trying to figure out how he can come out on top from this deal, how he can gain something or uh, cause someone else to lose something. Mm -hmm. So I don't view this as anything extraordinary other than the fact that uh, we we sort of got it. (laughs) We got it like crystallized. And whereas the entire like Russia investigation was trying to like do the postmortem on whether or not those phone conversations happened Mm -hmm. months after the fact. It's like the first time we're like starting a cycle 
having the sort of account of what he said at the beginning and being able to discuss it rather than letting this guy redefine the goalposts like for years follows, and years and years. Right. Like it right. follows um, screenplay right. like uh, Text, format. Textbook yes. corruption. Exactly. Right. This, we're introduced, exactly. this is the first this scene of the one. new narrative. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we get to open and the book with clear. a very clear, transparent account of this is how he talks to everyone all the time. Yes. And uh, uh, talking totally. about it being flagrant, it's like he he feels like he won the Mueller investigation. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to double down. Of course, he's going to be bolder and brasher and less strategic about hiding his intent. And you let know? me just point out another weird thing that I don't know if you guys – I thought this was even weirder. So, the media narrative has really been around Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But the uh, there were two investigations that Trump wanted the Ukraine to conduct. The other investigation that was not about Joe Biden or his son – was on the unfounded theory that the Ukrainians possessed a democratic email server. Um, what? <laughs> I missed that part. Really? Wow. It's still about there's, the emails? There's fucking... So, so, and again, I think there's like... A, he has a confusion over how hacking works or whatever. Yeah. Because the, the democratic... Uh, the DNC's emails were hacked, right? right. You guys remember that mm-hmm. whole fucking thing? A fat guy in his basement. A fat right? guy in the basement. It was definitely the and, only person who did that. And now, and so, he, but, but the way that Donnie talked about it was like he thought the, ser- like the Ukrainians like have a server, right, which right, looks right. like a shoebox on a fat man's bed or whatever, right? right, right, like, right. So, I think someone's in physical right, possession. Yeah, he thinks uh, someone's server. in physical yeah. possession uh-huh. of the server. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I guess he meant like whatever, these ha- hacked emails or prove that the Ukrainian did the, that hacked the D so he wanted the uh, the server itself. He wants the Ukrainians to conduct an investigation to prove that the Ukrainians hacked the DNC and not Ooh. Russia. He wants to basically point out that it was not Russia. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because he, those are his friends, right? His friends, and uh. also the, that whole claim is the thing. I guess makes makes his presidency sure. look weak, and I don't know. Lots yeah, of- I mean that's so much of the Russia stuff comes down to whether or not you know to what degree he colluded. I think it is he doesn't want anything that devalues his victory mm-hmm. because the idea that he won the election is the most valuable take it to the bank up thing constantly. Right. The other thing, you guys, is like he kept saying to Zelensky, listen, you, I'm going to hook you up with Barr. You and Barr can like have a nice chat. I saw that, you and yeah. Barr can work on whatever. Barr was mentioned repeatedly, mm-hmm. you guys, in this 30-minute conversation. What do you think of that? I mean, we're, what, are, what do we do with Barr? I, well, I mean, is he saying he didn't know? He, yeah, Barr saying he no nobody contacted me. I don't know anything we were talking about. I mean, I don't. I feel like well, I don't know. I feel like normally it would be like oh, there's even like a hint of impropriety, so you should go. Uh, but I also believe that nobody ran this by him. Yeah. <laughs> like there's <laughs> yeah, no yeah, way yeah. there was like a chain of communication right, right, that made true. any sort of sense. No. I feel like it is like that thing where. Like, I don't know. The only thing I'm thinking of is, like, weird, like, high school movies where they're like, just help me get the girl and I'll, like, hook you up with her sister or whatever. Like, and the sister has no clue that it's (laughs) going on. Like, that's what it feels like, that kind of weirdness of, like, just throwing anything in to be like, I don't know, this, is this going to sweeten the deal? Also, like, you know, let's say Mick Mulvaney was listening to the call or whatever. It's yeah. not like he takes everything that happens in these calls mm-hmm. and is like, oh, yes, my uh, Lord and Savior Donald Trump is absolutely right. I'm going to make sure that this gets right. done. Uh-huh. I, I think, like, 
80% of the shit that Donald talks about on these fucking calls, like people willfully like, th- you know, brush under the rug because they're like, that's crazy. We're that not we can't doing do that, that yeah. you know. And so I think they just let him talk. And then it's like the secondary people that talk to the Ukrainian mm-hmm. president's right. secondary people. And then that's when the real business starts happening. Like, like a general in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's also like mafia rule where like it gives him degrees of plausible deniability, which he has hid behind up until now because he never gets his hands too dirty in these things. Yeah. He sort of starts the conversation, you know? Yeah. But any of the actual nitty gritty that can be recorded, where a transcript can be leaked, always has to happen with another person. Because, I mean, they're, you know, uh, Trump and Giuliani now are, are fighting so hard uh, to prove, like, th- there's nothing illicit going on here because there's no crit- Quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. We're not explicitly saying we will trade you this in exchange for this. It's two separate thoughts, which is how he operates. He sort of like puts out the basic idea, right? Mm -hmm. He just sort of seeds it out there. And then if they take to it, he throws Barr or he throws Jared or he throws whoever to sort of actually get into the weeds so that he can never really get uh, hit. Yeah. Um, You know, and I I think he does just say whatever he wants. I mean, from like the first couple of weeks of his presidency, we had people coming out and saying like, well, you shouldn't listen to what he's saying. His words are meant to be taken literally. I mean, asking for this Bible-esque interpretation Mm -hmm. of our president to go like, well, it's like it's allegorical. Like, it's not really, you know, like (laughs) letter of the law. So Ah. I think like, look, I don't like William Barr. I would love any excuse for him to be gone. But I think very likely he had no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just the next sacrificial lamb. Yeah. It was a random name he pulled out of his hat. Yeah. It's the idea of I want those conversations to happen with someone who isn't me. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. And But also he... I think it, it, another name that he mentioned was Giuliani to right. Zelensky. Like, you'll yeah. talk to Barr, you'll talk to Giuliani, um, which is also weird because Giuliani is his personal lawyer. Uh-huh. So then that makes that whole connection extra sure. shady. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I think... It, Nope, I forgot it. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> point off your point, but then I don't remember. Go oh, ahead. just that there's like a total mix of personal and, and which is always hap. Like, I don't yeah. even think he, he thought about it. Like, I think he was like, yeah, Giuliani, my lawyer. Yeah. He, he doesn't think about anything because so he's why? existed with impunity for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, right. this is like a, a, a perfect psychological study of what happens to a person who never experiences any consequences for his actions. Yep. Yeah. You know, he becomes more and more flagrant. Yep. You know, he, he becomes more and more adept at skirting around with total confidence because he knows that they can never catch him. And he understands just the little loopholes he has to provide himself of not saying, if you look into Biden, we will give you the warheads to put half a space in between those two paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But the word favor. favor. Totally. But that's also like, it's and mafia like, stuff. It's like, I'm going to, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll be nice to you. You be nice to me. You know, he can still hide My in the sort of loopholes of that language. Yeah. I was, were you guys surprised by kind of how quick these notes were released. Yeah. I thought that the administration was going to, I mean, because they, to me, they're damning, right? Yeah. And I think the three yeah. of us are probably biased on their damning. Yes. We, we could spin it in another direction, but like, I, I, uh, but I honestly think if we were just like neutral aliens who visited Earth, mm-hmm. we would look at this and be like, well, yeah, this looks pretty this damning. This is a shady deal. Happens. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is like a shady deal. Right. Um, I was surprised that they were released. I mean, do, is there a game plan here? I think their game plan is just controlling the narrative. It's the thing they've proven themselves most successful at mm-hmm. is screaming the loudest, 
and making the most contradictory points so that it's confusing. I mean, these clips that have been circulating of like in one sentence, Giuliani saying like, we didn't do it. And I did it because it was legal yes! to do, but it doesn't matter because I didn't do it. Yes. You know, that it's just like, say shit, say it loudly, say yeah. it confidently. It's Emperor's New Clothes. And the fact that they're putting it out there, I think to them reads as we did nothing wrong. If we'd done something wrong, we wouldn't choose to release this of our own volition. Yeah. They're hoping that people will fall for that. It's like it's like on Bachelor in Paradise this season. Please. Where Blake, <laughs> Blake and Kaylin were like fighting and then Blake released all the text messages. And then at the reunion, Kaylin was like, no, you released only the ones that made me look bad. So yeah, there it is. Trump is there. It is the Trump administration is Blake Got from Bachelor you. in Paradise. Yeah, for those listening, who, that makes yeah. it very who, clear. Someone yes. tell Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> um, did Did you folks see that earlier today? The GOP sent out like a two page uh, sort of document of talking points. No, tell me. Uh, like it was like you know how to talk about this. Yeah, like like a, as if it was like an actor in an Avengers movie right, getting right, notes right. from Disney. That's like don't bring up this plot point. Like. Like, sell this. Avoid the Scarlett Johansson controversy. Like, it was like that. And it's very sort of like, you know, innocuous, like, publicist document, except it is people encouraging uh, law officials to uh, lie to the people. But they accidentally sent out to uh, everyone in Capitol Hill. Uh, on both part, sides of the party line. That seems like the craziest Yeah, this happened mistake. like an hour ago from when we are recording. I, I, I just that. saw this happen. But okay. um, but yeah, I mean, it, people were posting on Twitter, uh, like, I just got this email. And then the next tweet was the screen cap of blank has retracted their email. Stop. I mean, they're trying to like Gmail unsend it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, but it speaks to that's their confidence of just like we have the talking points. Yep. Here's how we talk about it. Here's how we explain that it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And even if it isn't nothing, that it doesn't matter. And even if it does matter, that it isn't illegal. Yeah. Yep, you know, yep. it, they're just so ready to distort all of it. Yeah. You found it right here. Yeah. yeah. yeah what yeah, what yeah. you need to know. Um, Basically, it's it's making the case that what the president actually talked about was entire proper. Trump asked Zelensky to investigate any connection between Ukraine and and attempts to interfere with the 2016 election, something he has politically, he's publicly discussed in the past. He's basically pointing out all of the things that seem innocuous about this situation, right? Um, And I also love the expectation that like send this out to the Republicans and be like, you guys will all lie for us, right? Right. Like yeah. this is right. this is our deal now as a party. So that's what's that creepy about we it. We all right. do this. Right. Right. And I think and my so now that we have an impeachment inquiry, mm-hmm. yes, Nancy Pelosi. This is Wednesday, by the way. That while we're recording this, um, Nancy Pelosi announced yesterday. Do what do you where do you think this is gonna go? I mean, I've heard people saying that they're worried that it's gonna like ruin Democratic chances at beating Trump. But in my mind, I feel like emboldened. Like, I'm like, yeah! Like, because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're losing faith in the Democrats. There was this whole narrative, at least, like, I, I felt it, too, of, like, ugh, they're not going to do anything. They don't do anything. And I was, like, you know, mad. Obviously, I was still going to, like, vote and go and do all this activism right, right, stuff. Right. But, like, I, I was, like, they're just like, you know, lame ducks. And they don't do anything. And then, like, now I'm like, they did something. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, although, how does it make you feel? Because, you know, I, I point out, I point to things like the Equality Act or mm-hmm. uh, universal background tax or whatever. There's these bills sitting on Mitch McConnell's ass. Like, they, in, that, in fact, they have done something. But it's like, yeah. 
either neutered because it's yeah. not going to go anywhere in the Senate. And the same could happen with his impeachment, which you can think of as an indictment, right? So there is an indictment now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the Senate doesn't convict, nothing will happen. Right. Yeah. And how does that make you feel? I hope that because, you know, it's like this was sent out to all the, the Republicans and like in the assumption is that they'll all fall, fall in line. In line yeah. And my hope is that when it gets to the Senate, it, it, people like are, realize that it's not just party lines and like we have to do something to like fix the disaster that our government has become and like the the destruction of the democratic system and everything. And like, hopefully they will be swayed maybe by their constituents or maybe just, you know, by morals to, to do the right thing and to not just go by party lines or trying to keep a GOP president by like, but actually like do the right thing so that history will smile upon you. <laughs> That's the bigger thing for me. Yeah. Is that like you, you kind of have to view this big picture. I want to be optimistic and believe that all of this will only work to our advantage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it is the fact that this guy has lived his entire life being able to run away from disaster after disaster, uh, screw over everyone in his line of fire, and has uh, succeeded upwards and upwards all the way to the presidency of the United States yeah. and couldn't get anything to stick <laughs> to him. crazy, yeah. You know where I feel like even if he's not convicted, even if he's acquitted, it will feel like for the first time there is some degree of accountability in this guy's life, yeah. which I think— not even karmically, but literally just reestablishing, like, you know, sort of rules of law and yeah, practice. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think that's the single biggest thing, because I think even if you go like he follows a Clinton trajectory, mm-hmm. that does become the overarching headline of Clinton's entire career. Yeah. Is it the defines, impeachment. It'll it'll mar and define this presidency right. the way that it should. Even, historically, yeah, even if he gets to finish out his term, you know, even. Yeah. If yeah, God yeah, forbid yeah. he gets reelected, uh, it, it still becomes about, the thing. What do you guys think about the timing? Uh, like, I don't know how long impeachment inquiries last. I think Nixon's lasted. No, sorry. Clinton's maybe lasted five to six months. Yeah. Is that right? And so that puts us like square in the bulls of mm-hmm. the, you know, those early primary states. Um, do, you, do you think it has an effect or I don't know what? Like if it would have an effect maybe on like another Republican stepping up and trying to. Oh, I mean, because there are. I mean, no, I don't know. I guess would it have. I mean, would it have an effect on. I guess it doesn't quite matter for our primary no, election. I also just feel It just like... matters for the uh, for the general election. And then I agree that. You're right. It, right. It, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. It's 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 it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that there's yeah. an election happening, and I totally agree mm-hmm. with that. But I do feel like there's going to be some sort of sinister effect, and I can't figure out what that is exactly. Just that it would rile up the base for Trump during the general. But I think it's sure. a double-edged sword. I think it will rile up his base at the same time that it is revealing him. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the percentage of voters that we're actually fighting over is so small. You know, right. there there is such a percentage of people who are never, ever going to stop supporting Trump no matter what. Yeah. And such a large percentage of people who are never, ever going to vote for Trump no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about that balance. And for me, it's come down to we need to have a good candidate who people can actually be excited about and not someone who they're sort of apathetically accepting. Right. Because I think that's the road to ruin for us, uh, you know, on the left. Um, but I think anything that comes out in the wash 
with an impeachment is going to help and hurt him simultaneously. I mean, he will always be able to turn lemons into lemonade. Mm -hmm. He will always be able to turn any controversy into something to rile his base up Mm -hmm. and to make them hate others. Yeah. Uh, That's unavoidable. So it's better to actually, uh, you know, hold him accountable to the highest degree and let him do that than to let him do that with innocuous things because he will do that over a Sharpie line on a map. You know, he will do that over getting Tim Cook's name wrong. Right. I mean, things that don't matter, that we're not (laughs) really putting any energy into. Yeah, like, I mean, the amount of time and energy he spent on that, you know, (laughs) trying to, like, sully the credibility of uh, August uh, journalists institutions right. because they reported a dumb thing that he said. Right. You know, and he was trying to distort their integrity because of that. It's like better to just impeach the guy and let him use that to his advantage. And yeah. I think, I mean, the greatest effect that the impeachment could have, I think, is damaging Biden as a candidate, which for me is not a really substantial loss. Right. You know, right, right, it's just right. because this issue is so Biden-centric yeah. that the yeah. more they look into his sort of wrongdoings, uh, Trump's wrongdoings, he's going to fight back by redirecting attention to Biden. Right. Mm-hmm. Which for me, Biden is, I think, a dangerous person for us to elect. Yeah. I, I think he's to, a dangerous person to give the nomination to. to well, yes. we'll get into that, guys. Yes. In the next I'm sort of teeing. Uh, yeah, good work. Tipping yeah. My hair. Well, okay. I mean, let's fucking see um, what happens. I hope it I hope it sparks hope so that people are more into the Democrat, like helping with the Democratic win or like, you know, I hope people because I have so many friends who are just like, it doesn't matter. He's going to get reelected. It feels so helpless. Yeah. Yeah. And and this feeling of like we're playing like chess 18 steps ahead and they're playing checkers. Yeah. Like drunk. Yeah. You know, that we're not doing anything because we're trying to like outthink them and they're not thinking and they're succeeding. Right. Uh, The fact that there's like, as Uh, you said, like they're doing something. Multiple kids I went to high school with, I would like prepare for exams. Yeah. Like hours of studying. I would show up, you know, everything was perfect. The pencils were sharpened. Right. You know what I mean? And then this fucking clown would just like look over my shoulder, cheat, get an A. And then I was like, oh! What right. is, you know, and so. you're like, it works every time. How does it work and every, it time? every time? And you need to kind of believe that those people can get caught. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that the the people on the opposite side have hope. And so the other people trying to cheat are like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. You know, it works in both directions. Um, I also want to just point out real quick for those of us who want to understand what an impeachable crime is in the Federalist Papers. Uh, that's Alexander Hamilton's Federalist mm. Papers. Uh, he said it's those offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men or, in other words, from the abuse or violation of some public trust. They are of a nature which may with uh, peculiar propriety be denominated political as they relate chiefly to injuries done immediately to the society itself. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. So I was like, oh, thank you for that, like, slightly more clarification mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. an impeachable crime. This feels super in it. I, I think injuries to society itself is the exact thing we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's really, you know. And, 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 and that's provable. This, this being... The least among the injuries. No, absolutely. This entire presidency. (laughs) Right. Right. But, you know, but if we need 
a tape as Nixon had. Yeah. Here's a fucking right. tape, you know? Right. And so uh, uh, this is the smoking gun we've all been waiting for. And I it think. almost helps to have a small piece, to have like one little yeah, exactly. tiny thing that you can view as an isolated incident yeah. and point and to just it. Just debate that rather than these like multi tendrilled things you we've know, been fighting it's over. Like, do you, sometimes you want to read a short story. You don't yeah. want to pick <laughs> up the 500 page yeah. no- novel, you I know? I just mean you're never going to convince people. That he's a rapist. You're never going to convince people no. that he's racist because they're they're that or whatever. But you can be like, well, this is clearly corrupt and not how it works. And maybe right. those people can go, ah, that was shady. Yeah, yeah. Fi- you maybe. know, fucking finally, That's the hope. Right. All right, you guys, we're obviously going to keep track of what's going on here. Why don't we take a quick break and hear about our sponsors? And then when we come back, we're going to talk about other things. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. Um, and we're, we're going to do a quick topic number 1.5. Woo! <laughs> you guys, I'm going to spring on you just real quick, like a two-minute chat here. Um, and I because I felt a pang of guilt walking into the studio that one of our topics was not the climate change summit. Ah, and uh, and so I just you know so you didn't anticipate to talk about this, and um, so whatever you say is completely fine. Sure, <laughs> just lie through your teeth. Um, and uh, but I just want to be, the climate change summit is now being completely overshadowed by the impeachment inquiry, mm-hmm. but you know. For those of us who heard Greta Thunberg's um, mesmerizing speech to the UN, uh, I mean, what what are your thoughts? Um, and do you feel like there's some kind of a global movement? Does anything feel different? I thought it was a great speech. I mean, I think it was got it was getting misunderstood where people were like, "Yeah, why is a child talking about this?" But it's like she's not. She's asking adults to do something (laughs) and like that was the clear message of the speech like i thought it couldn't have been clearer yeah and people were just like willfully misunderstanding it i was like no she's begging you the people in charge to fucking do your jobs yeah which i think is also the thing that has made people lash out at her is is people don't like uh uh, anything that makes it feel like the pressure is on them yeah, in that yeah. sort of way. You know, yeah. people view her speech as an attack because she is attacking the way we're living. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm fine with that. Totally. Like, that's great. I mean, someone was uh, pointing let's out attack. The, the amount of, like, uh, you know, bad faith people who are saying, like, oh, really, like, everyone's freaking out about, like, a teenage girl having a mental breakdown. You know, that they're, like, criticizing the fact that her speech is emotional, that she is coming yeah. first and foremost as... Uh, uh, hitting on an emotional level. Yes. You know, not trying to throw out stats and numbers and facts, which she knows backwards and forwards. Yeah. And she can recite as well as anybody. And everyone has been reciting for decades. Right. Uh, but it, it, no one listens. I mean, they will always find a way to throw out alternative science and distort those facts. So th- there is something really powerful about cutting through all of that and just having a young person saying, you are ruining my life. Yeah. Yes. And the same people who are referring that, uh, you know, uh, who are viewing that negatively as why can't this girl keep it together why is she getting so emotional are the same people who were cheering brett kavanaugh for speaking his mind and speaking passionately in defense Mm -hmm. of himself you know and it's this thing i hate that i feel like the right uses a lot now which is like the bully punching you in the face and then criticizing you for crying you know why are you crying why are you so freaked out right now why is your eye black you know why are you bruised and it's like because you punched me right and it doesn't make me weak to be no, reacting to your punch. It's gaslighting. It's total gaslighting. It's total gaslighting. And it's because Global they know that is the only thing they can do. That, uh, that there's no other way to combat. I never with, understand yeah. why we're we're angry at people who are passionate about what they're talking about, where they cry. Like whenever it's like <laughs> this, the best it's thing in the so world. fucking weird. Like yeah. it happens where it's like I just keep thinking I'm queer, and I just keep thinking about when like they're like, well, we make we allow cis people to write about trans people because they're not biased, but trans people writing about trans people, I don't know that like articles, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know that's like you know too emotional or whatever. Uh yeah, it's. Should be emotional. Yeah, yeah. it should be emotional. What are you talking about? Life is emotional. We're right. human yeah. beings. Well, We're like I mean, emotional also creatures. Also, in in general, I think like in uh, Western societies, but in uh, in the United States in particular, we have like yeah. a very bizarre relationship with people showing emotion.
expression. Like I, you know, yeah. I remember like going to a funeral in Iran and people were just like wailing, and right. I was like, "This is wow, you guys to- tone it down." But then I was like, "Oh, someone did die, so I guess yeah. I guess this makes sense," you know. And uh, and but we just don't like show emotion that way. And I think it's really a Obama cultural phenomenon. Was That's actually when all, he cried. Right? Talk about Trayvon Martin. I mean, right. it would come up anytime he got emotional. Right. People yeah. would say, you know, he's weaponizing and it's manipulative. He's but using I, it for I was, I was completely Ugh. moved by her, by her anger, and I felt it. I felt yeah. it in my yeah. bones. Totally. I mean, I'm obviously the kind of person that fucking would get moved, yeah. and I care about this issue deeply. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to bring it up, and I, we, you know, and I don't have any like smart analysis about it or anything, except to say that that happened. Mm-hmm. It's happening yeah. it's still a fucking crisis what are you guys uh doing and kids <laughs> i mean it's been a lot of kids like little miss flint is like she's like on the forefront yep. of trying to fix the water crisis yep. like it it's it's been a All bunch of like yeah no i mean uh yeah i uh and i applaud them and i want to support yeah, them i mean and, and I, I and i want to uh i want for you guys to tell me how what you might be doing for the cause um, that I can share with the people of Fake the Nation. Yeah. Um, I'm do I'm like trying to get this weird thing done where like I get an agency to buy carbon credits for flights or whatever because there's like a flying heavy business we're in. Anyway, oh. so that's a thing I'm trying to do. I'll let you, I'll keep you guys posted. But my goal is to like start with one agency and then get the shame the others into that's joining awesome. and then move over to unions and yeah. blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. anyway, because and I, I, well, I, yeah. all I can do is the entertainment business uh, that I'm. That's not all I can do. But I'm just saying that I was like, oh, what can I do that I'm actually intimately familiar mm-hmm. with? Um, and this this seemed like some some place I could start. So I'll keep you guys posted on if I'm at all successful. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, you can calculate your carbon, you know, and carbon offsets, whatever. I I know there's there's different opinions on that, but I'd like to think that it's better than doing absolutely fuck all. You know, right? Totally. And and you know, you say it's being overshadowed by the impeachment inquiry now, but it was the nexus of all human conversation yeah. for like 48, 40, 72 yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. And people like us who are already concerned about climate change are now thinking about what more we can do. Yeah. And probably it. it carries on from there down. You know, people who weren't thinking about it are thinking about it for the first time. People were thinking mm-hmm. about it a little bit, thinking about it a lot. People were thinking about it a lot or thinking about it more. Mm-hmm. I think it did, you know, it it had that effect because there is just a very clean two-minute clip of yeah. a girl crying, yep. yeah. which you either choose to react to like a human being or you choose to be a sociopath yeah. and act like... Our you, president. Right, that you don't care. Right. Right. Uh, all right, you guys. Uh, like I said, hit me up. What are you doing? What should I be telling people? I don't know. I'm so I, I want more ways, um, interesting solutions from around the country, no matter how local. Please let me know. Let us move into topic number two. Uh, okay, you guys. Um, war. Uh, so. Okay, holy shit. The elections are uh, right around the corner, by which I mean still over a year away. <laughs> right. um, yes. Nevertheless, the primary race is heating up with even more rallies and even more steak fries and even more significance put into two states of the union that um, are not representative of the country as a whole, <laughs> while willfully ignoring 48 other fucking states. But anyway... Um, Let's talk about it. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is pulling ahead of everyone, uh, including Biden, Mm -hmm. in Iowa. What do you guys think? I love that. Biden, drop out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Go away. Yeah. Warren, Warren is my favorite candidate far and away, and Biden uh, is my least favorite my candidate God, far guys, and away. She's like the favorite candidate of every person who comes on this podcast. Uh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. 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 I wish I brought a more diverse uh, set <laughs> I, of views, but, I also but think I, she's, she's also of, my candidate, so what are you going to do? There are other I candidates other I love. Faves. There are several yeah. candidates I, would, I enjoy. I would gleefully vote for many of them. Yes, yeah. same here. For the record. But, I, but she she's the one I will actually vote for. If you're reading and you're listening and you're watching, it feels like she is the logical best choice yes i hate to ask this question because i think it's a bullshit fucking sexist shit garbage question is she electable in the Mm. general i think we don't know what is electable anymore that's my big takeaway because we've had two presidents in a row who by all conventional standards were not electable true in very different directions two people (laughs) we were told could never be elected for different reasons you know uh, so I, I think we don't know anymore. And I think when people talk about electable, they talk about electable, uh, you know, a standard defined decades ago mm-hmm. that has maybe lapsed now. You know, yes. we have not had a conventional president since George W. Bush. And George W. Bush was just cusping the edge of electable. electable. <laughs> people were like, he's an uh, idiot. Right. It wasn't actually duly elected. That's very true. Right, but that's the point. It's like he was the last sort of quote-unquote electable president. Even so, it was like because he kind of did an okay impression of a normal president and his dad was president and also his election was a big question mark. But then we've had two guys in a row who just defy any history, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any polling, any data, any mm-hmm. stats, you right. know? I mean, I just remember all the conversations of there's zero way Obama can be elected, but wouldn't it be great? Yeah. And all the conversations of there's zero way that Trump could be elected, but wouldn't it be a nightmare? Yeah. And we were yeah. proven wrong in both counts. Yeah. So I, I just think, I, you know, it's not even, I try not to think about it because I think we genuinely don't know anymore. Yeah, and I think people, I mean, she's lovely. Like, I think there's no baggage history with her, really. I think people like her. I'm, I haven't, I don't really talk to men in general in my life, but like, <laughs> I don't know how they, so I don't know how they feel. But like, the idea is what? That men won't vote for a woman? Is that the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> as, as they have not in the yeah. past. Although, I mean, I guess viscerally there might be some kind of different feeling about her versus Hillary. I think the problem when a woman speaks so um, intelligently and with such like intellectual rigor and plans, Uh like when a woman has plans, I think people feel like they're a school marm. We talked about this last time I was on that I think people react as if it's their mother scholding them. Yeah. Yeah. Or or, or Or just people, men react that way. Yes, that's what I mean by people. Yeah, men react that way. There's some kind of like kindergarten school teacher like don't put your fingers in that paint Well, men don't like hearing women's voices. Men don't like uh, men don't like a woman talking. They just don't. So like that's and the big part of being president is talking. (laughs) But is there is there like a do you feel like she's got an edge over Hillary when it comes to that. Yeah, I think people are a little bit more uh, into her. And also, like, there was that whole fucking thing where people were like, I'm not sexist. I just don't want to vote for Hillary. But if Elizabeth Warren ran, I'd vote for her. Yeah, where so the like, fuck are you yeah, people? Put up or yeah. shut up. Like, yeah. this is the moment. I also feel like Hillary uh, is someone who has a more sort of complicated past with women, you know? Yeah. I mean, she was a candidate who a lot of women 
felt they could not get behind. Yeah. Um, she came with a lot of baggage in that sense. And I also think just the the sense that she was someone who was viewed as electable, right. uh, despite her being female, because she was so part of the machinery. And she was legacy. Yeah. She'd been around for so long. Yeah. I think the main thing we're constantly fighting is like, you know, passion versus apathy. Yeah. Because I think the thing we can't have is a president who everyone's going like, I guess we're supposed to vote for them. Right. Because with Obama, everyone was like losing their minds. Right. Well, you My know what friends else is... were so into it. And, and in the same yeah. way as Obama, there will be people who fundamentally will never vote for a woman. In the right. same way that there are people who we cannot fix who will fundamentally never vote for a black man. Right. But what you can do is overwhelm that with people who might not have voted previously. Who are stoked. Right. Who are stoked, who will come out in droves, who will Yeah. And think what's really interesting, too, stump. about Warren mm-hmm. is that she's the number two choice for a lot of people um, you know, if their number choices, one choice is like, let's say Biden or Sanders or whatever, she's often the number two choice. So she's like a little bit more of a consensus candidate than I think we realize. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I think what's interesting about that is that it kind of speaks to this notion, you know, we're really trying to divide the uh, Democratic pr- primary electorate into like progressives versus moderates. Uh-huh. But the same person who will vote for Biden and says Elizabeth Warren is my second choice. Yeah. That person doesn't give a shit about moderate versus progressive. Right. right? right. So so I think there's something we're a little less ideologically driven mm-hmm. as primary voters than I think. I think we we think we're so ideologically driven, but we're not necessarily. And yeah. some of these, you know, and 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 like like watching the debates or whatever, the differences are on the margin. There's two main things. One that that are happening when it comes to healthcare, it's either Medicare for all or a public option. Right. And there's all these little skirmishes about this shit on the margins. Nobody's registering that at yeah. all. And I think. Um, and so I think that might be some kind of a difference when we're talking about moderate versus yeah. progressive. But ultimately, I don't think looking at something like Elizabeth Warren being a lot of people's number two, it I don't even think that matters. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I also think, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And there are a lot of people who didn't like Hillary, had not liked Hillary mm-hmm. and said, look, I don't want Trump to be president, but I just can't vote for her. I just don't want to go to the poll and vote for her, so I'm going to abstain, or I'm going to vote for uh, uh, what's-his-name, who didn't remember where any country was. Um, uh, You know, and and then they woke up the next morning and found out that Trump was elected president and and realized they should have done something. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I think, think, A, we need to find a candidate who people are more— passionate about rather than just accepting of. And I think Warren fits that bill very well, Mm -hmm. whereas I think a lot of Biden supporters are people who are trying to do the math, who go, he's electable, right? Because he's been around for a while and he looks like the type of guy who's been president before versus people who I think strongly love him. When I talk to people who tell me that Biden is their first choice, they tend to be older. And they're being very pragmatic. And they're being driven by, right, um, yeah. I just feel like that person's going to get beaten or this person's going to get yeah, beaten yeah, and he yeah. has the experience. Versus like, with Obama, I felt like everyone was like, this is amazing. Right, yeah, this would yeah. be Historic. awesome if this yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think that you're right about it being like, her being the second choice and like I just wish that like people would drop out <laughs> so that everyone yeah. could narrow it down well, guess and what? Like, like Tom Steyer is going to be in the second fucking debate like, I don't right. like why like if you really cared why why I know Tom Steyer what are you doing you know who else might be in the second debate she's very close into getting in I think uh, Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard yeah. 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 Tulsi Gabbard so I mean it's interesting because I 
I think it's it. What's interesting is that like, remember the clown fucking primaries that gave us. Donnie, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the one where, like, every week there was a different front runner. Right, Herman Cain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Herman Cain. My favorite. Um, uh, what is Aleppo? No, that was, uh, <laughs> what's his face? Um, that was your guy. Yes. Why am I forgetting Gary his name? Johnson? Thank God. Gary yes, Gary Johnson. Johnson. Um, what is Aleppo? Oh, my God. Um, but, uh, but, no, I think that in that situation, it was like, What's happening with these primaries? Like it yeah. took a long time, and it felt crazy. Yeah. Uh, and whereas uh, these primaries, are, there's like these clear front runners. Um, I think what's interesting about them too is that Sanders is losing ground. And here's mm-hmm. a guy; he's like number three in Iowa right now. Um, and here's a guy who nearly won Iowa last time. So, what do you? How do you explain that? Uh, fatigue. <laughs> Just like we've seen him, we get it. I'm, uh, it's tough. I, I, uh, am a little over it. I and like I just I I have like a weird grudge for how everything went down with Hillary. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, I, okay. When I, during the, after Hillary won the Democratic primary. Okay. I'm, I'm a woman. I'm on uh, Instagram. I post a photo. <laughs> uh-huh. Let me just set the scene. I follow Necessary you. I post, I post a photo. She's already won the primary. I post a photo of like my new haircut. I happen to be wearing a Hillary shirt in the photo. Okay. What What follows is not months of harassment from Trump supporters. It's months of yeah. harassment oh, from, from Bernie, Bernie people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've never been attacked by Trump supporters the way that my Instagram was infiltrated for months by Bernie bros <laughs> for wearing a Hillary Clinton shirt. So, like, oh, I when I look, I understand that he's, like, good. But when I look at him, I'm just like, I, th- whatever it is that is so fucking toxic about your people, like, I cannot deal with that. I think I think that's yeah. a really good point that Bernie Sanders might have a bit of a Rick and Morty problem. Where, yes! like, I spent three years telling everyone, like, this is the best written show on television. And now I am kind of dreading it coming back because I hate its fan base so yeah, much. Exactly. And I used to consider myself part right. of that yep. fan base. But then you see the videos of the much. guys yelling about the Szechuan sauce. And you're like, is uh, this encouraging this? I yes. think, uh, you know, it's not the majority of his followers. But the loudest contingent of Bernie supporters are also the worst. The worst. The worst. But even, like, and they're I, small. I you even, know, but, I have, like like friends who are Bernie fans who are wonderful human beings but then when they talk about Bernie it's like they get possessed oh it's yes. like Charles Manson yeah. fucking followers yes. they turn yes. into people I don't even recognize right. I know and I'm so it's confused because yeah. they're so, like my friends yes. right. I am, and then I'm like oh please let's not anyone mention Bernie because then that turns them into something I weird I am so confused and it makes me nervous whenever a man cultivates that kind of like fervor it makes me very nervous I don't. I, I. I think that that is. I don't know. I don't want to like blame. Also, uh, but also, I think yeah. there's I mean, something before we get triggered. emails what? about from Bernie fans. We not hashtag not all Bernie fans. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we know. Oh, email me. It's all <laughs> Bernie fans, and you can fucking email me at gabrielldonagmail.com. But it, but it is one of those things where like you know uh, uh, not to circle everything back to Rick and Morty. But the, <laughs> Lead character. I'm on a 
paradise, bro. Just keep going. The, you know, Rick and Morty is a show about a nihilistic genius who's miserable and ruins everything for everyone around him, right? Yeah. And the creators of the show have made it very clear that the show is about him being in the wrong. Yeah. And the show is about him slowly starting to learn how to be a human being again. And that he is not supposed to be a positive role model. Right. And that all these fans look at it and are like, burn down the house, get the sauce, Rick, rubble of a dum dum. And I think there's that Bernie thing of like, you have people taking the wrong cues from him, which isn't his fault. No, it's not. He seems like a lovely man to be around. We have seen how much the followers of a president can cause a lot of societal damage. Yeah. And I think there is that fear of putting the worst Bernie supporters, however small that contingent, must be in a position of feeling powerful yep. by making him the nominee. Yep. I also think I, I you Though know. I, I would gleefully vote for him still. Me too. Yeah. I would also totally. gleefully vote for him, but it's I just am like no, but I hear That's you. That's the trepidation. And then I, and then I think the just in closing here, the an interesting, I, I'm gonna call it possibility yeah, the, a, a, a blindsidedness could happen with uh, Pete Booty Gig. Um, because oh. he feels like he could just, you know, he sort of like got more numbers. Yeah. You know, he's like in the number yeah. four spot, like kind of routinely. He's this mild mannered dude who, like, nobody has very much against, yeah. right? Like, right. he's a people... mild mannered dude that everyone's like, oh, I could get behind that mild mannered guy. I think yeah. the biggest complaints against him are he's clearly not ready. He's too green. He needs to do more of this. Oh, I have, yeah. He, I don't know. I'm he hasn't the, built. You have oh, more issues. Right? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm in the gay community. I know people think that he's, uh, he was unable to handle police brutality and he's uh, like there's a joke that we call him like the first gay Republican president like right, there's like right, a right, thing right, where right. he's like a cop you yeah. know what but, I mean but I think I not to make excuses no but, no but I know I I, do, I, I'm not no, I'm no. reporting from the front yes, lines yes no all I was <laughs> going to say was I do think there is a degree of that's where the lack of experience hurts him because yeah. he has not had a long enough political career mm-hmm. to uh, form really good stances and histories on yes. all issues. He is much better on certain issues than other issues. And and to me, right, and I think it depends on the voter, but to me, I don't care that you can answer a question nicely and in complete paragraphs. Yeah. Yes. I want that should be baseline. Everyone should right. fucking do that. But like when but but that's kind of like no one's really paying attention to what he's saying. Right. <laughs> I, it's more just a temperament thing. Yeah. That they, I you think you might need to spend are, eight more years in the circuit figuring out how to yeah, actually but, do hey, things. But also, do some, a bunch right. more stuff in South Bend and then let's talk. But I also think people don't want this mild-mannered shit because my number two is Beto because I'm oh, like, I've become fucking single-issue voter about right, gun right, control. Yeah, yeah. All I care about is is put throw them all in the ocean and and or not I mean not in the ocean but you know what I mean yeah. launch them into space yeah. whatever is most feasible space guns I hate them all <laughs> Uh, there's no, like, no, 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 yeah, get like rid that. of all no, of them. No, but I like the idea so, of, like, uh, gun coral reefs. Yeah, like, <laughs> melt them do down, that? build housing, like, oh, I don't know. Sculpture but, like, gardens, let's yeah. make. <laughs> I, I hate them so much, and the way that, that Beto is, like, angry, again, to bring it back to, like, Greta Thunberg, like, yeah. whatever, but, like, the way that he's, like, emotional and angry and cursing, like, I feel like I'm, like, 
okay, this person is is a manifestation of how I feel. Like, oh, we're I mean, not I, playing nice, you 100%, know? 100%, I think the best thing that's been said on the debate stage so far in all of these four or five debates or whatever that we've seen, nights of debates, is, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns. Yeah. I was that like, was the yes. best moment for yeah. me. I was like, America needs to hear that shit. They need to hear that shit. It's fine. It's going to be fine. You still have your Second Amendment rights, but we're going to take away these, the AR like, fucking yeah. 15, yeah, murderous the ones weapons. that are, right, exactly. There's that clip of Kamala Harris on Fallon, too, which is the best thing to ever happen on Jimmy Fallon's watch <laughs> where uh, have you guys no, seen this? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, it, it's all college students. The whole audience is college students and they all ask questions of Kamala Harris mm-hmm. and I, I don't know whoever the other guest was on the show, you know, Andrew Dice Clay. And <laughs> um, uh, it wasn't literally, but um, uh, someone, a student who clearly was sort of pro uh, guns said, what do you think about the, uh, yeah. you know, the sort of initiative to um, get rid of quote unquote assault weapons and she just responded totally emotionally with like this is done i'm done with it i mean yeah, her speech yeah. ended with i'm done but it, but she said at one point raise your hand if you in this audience have at some point in your uh you know academic career whether it's in high school or middle school or uh college uh had to go through some sort of drill to prepare yourself for how you would react in a shooting. And everyone raises yep. their hand. Ugh. And she went, that's it. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm over. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't talk enough about how Trump's greatest strength as a candidate in terms of getting elected was that he is an entirely emotional candidate. Yeah, yeah. He appeals to people on an yeah. emotional level. So people don't intellectualize <laughs> yeah. what he's saying. And no. they're willing to overlook the things that they think are objectionable about him because they go, well, he's angry and I'm angry and I want to see that. Right. And I think on the left, we want to see that like too. it's like entirely inarticulate totally. anger. Right. Yeah. But, but I think we want to see people who feel as strongly as we do. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we have to end that segment there because Harry's looking at me with murder eyes. I'm sorry. Um, and... And uh, let us move on to our final topic, topic number three. First of all, shout out to Renee in Toronto for bringing us this topic. Um, An MIT professor, Joy Ito, recently resigned when it came out that he courted money from Jeffrey Epstein and tried to keep it it. hidden. (laughs) You love to see it. And um, uh, guys, oh, I should point out I actually met Joy Ito because he was a head of the media lab um, at uh, MIT um, who had like a 2% interest in my work for five minutes. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I met him. He's a really nice guy. Uh, which says nothing. I just want to say that for the record. If it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. He just, I have nothing, no real knowledge of him, just that like he was part of this thing and he seemed like nice. Anyway, um, <laughs> should he have taken this money? Well, so the uh, the reason this has become such a big story is I'm forgetting the name of the man. But, Lawrence Lessig, the right. Harvard professor. Uh, who's a friend and associate of Ito's and uh, wrote a whole blog post sort of uh, explaining it and defending it, which caused a bunch of backlash. And now he has done this interview with The New York Times trying to further explain his points. Mm. And a lot of what he's talking about is – I'm not saying any of this is good or bad. I'm just saying this is an incredibly complicated issue, which my overarching statement is you shouldn't take money from pedophiles. <laughs> I, I think that's my wow. my big umbrella New that I want. 2020. I want everything Whoa. to come out from under that umbrella. Very controversial. That having been said, I do think uh, – what's his name? Lesser? 
uh, raises Lessig. Lessig, sorry, raises some good points in terms of how um, how uh, funding works, right? And how complex I was interested this issue in that. I was interested right, in because that because I'm not saying well we should think it over and maybe it is okay to take money from pedophiles. I think what he's raising is we should be talking about how weird the climate. Uh, the climate is of funding, uh, especially in academic institutions and scientific yeah. uh, institutions um, and, and how limited the choices are and that it is one of the reasons that people like Jeffrey Epstein have been able to uh, or were able to uh, skirt by the law for so long and were able to ascend to such insane levels of mm-hmm. uh, sort of societal power mm-hmm. is because uh, the people who uh, give the most money often to the best causes are people who are using it to sort of curry favor or and or cover up. You know, throw yep. off their and scent. And just straight up, they have to get rid of it for tax totally. reasons. Right. There's, yep. uh, there's tax yep. reasons. Yep. Like to give two shits about the right. cause. They're they trying to neutralize, to yeah. you know, uh, like the carbon footprint of their morality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. or they're trying <laughs> oh, to yeah, create yeah, yeah. an illusion of, of a sort of philanthropic spirit yeah. Yeah. or whatever it is. Because but, it's public. But, yeah. but the fact is that most of this money is bad money. Is all of it as bad as Epstein money? No. And the Epstein example is particularly bad because he was arrested and he served and he was a registered sex offender. Mm -hmm. And they knew that and they were so aware of it that they said, we need to make sure that no one can trace this money back to him. That's where you lost me. So there's a big (laughs) admission of guilt in, I mean, they're not even rationalizing it as, well, come on. I mean, you know, whatever. They knew they were doing something wrong. They knew that people knowing this money was coming from Epstein. And this was years ago when Epstein was not as much of a household name. Uh, That speaks volumes, that they knew that that would kill their careers. uh, Here's my question, though. Gabby, I don't know. There's a little bit of a, like, um, Robin Hood feeling to me. of like, (laughs) why don't we steal money from the pedophiles and give it to the poor? That's the other complicated aspect. That is complicated. Why not? Like, he had a shitload of money. He was the fucking worst. Yeah. But the media lab at MIT was going to do and does amazing things. Yes. And it didn't, and it doesn't matter where the money came from, you know, from the point of view of a person at the media lab. Yeah. I I feel that way a bit in my like personal life. Right? I mean, yeah. As a bisexual date men, I take their money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, well, historically, uh, it reminds me of like an ex boyfriend I had who was like kind of shitty and also rich. And he offered to like pay for some car repairs for me and he paid for them. And then when we broke up, I was like, I'm not paying you back. It's like, <laughs> not the, the least glamorous like thing yeah, exactly. that it was like he repairs. offered to pay for yeah. some no, pearls. no 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 yeah. I mean like it was car repairs three thousand dollars of car yeah. repairs yeah. Yeah. but I was like I'm not paying this dude back no, like yeah. he's got a winter home like <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like uh, I feel like I do see that side of like oh I don't know your parents are the one percent I'm taking your car money right now right, like, well right. like here's a hypothetical that I was thinking up on the way over here that I have no answer for. But I just think it's an interesting thought experiment, okay? So Jeffrey Epstein dies and he has hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Yeah. And uh, now, you know, I mean, the uh, his finances are going to be in dispute for years and years sure. and years and years. It is believed that his brother was the next of kin who would be the beneficiary of the estate. Right. But also depending on civil suits, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to have to spend years and years uh, paying out uh, Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Yeah. Right. Um, but let's say hypothetically, mm-hmm. upon Epstein dying Mm -hmm. and the money transferring cleanly over to Epstein's brother, Epstein's brother announced, I'm donating this entire fortune to UNICEF. 
Or even more, which uh, more, is. more, uh, even more uh, direct. He donates it all to, to rain. rain. Sure, sure. Right. I mean, the idea, uh, like there, like the Getty fortune, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the Getty fortune was turned into right. something good. It came from oil. Right. So, yeah. Um. After that guy, who I guess what by many accounts was super fucking miserable, yeah. Um. Dies, and then right. something you know something good. There, was done there is it. that question of like you know if if people have. Uh, <laughs> If evil people exist, yeah, and through that evil they acquire great wealth, is yeah. it better to put it into the blood flow of positive things? Right. Yes. yes. Should they give I it to me to repair my car? Because right. by the way, jo- <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because jo- because Joy Ito, by the way, resigned over this. Yes. Which to me felt like. Look, we put these people in a position where they constantly have to fundraise. Yeah. Like anyone who works for a nonprofit or whatever yeah. will tell you the worst part of their job is like sucking millionaire dick oh, all no, the time. And, and no one who has that amount of money has clean hands a- at all. So like, yeah, you I know. Mean, I can, I mean, I, I guess it's not impossible, but and the whole, but the whole thing, right, is like, is like with with redistribution, with redistribution of wealth from people at the top in order to like whatever socialism, whatever. But like, you know, that that is essentially, let's say, blood money. And then we we are like, well, let's redistribute it to to you know make things more equal. Nobody through taxes, nobody needs to be a billionaire. All this kind of stuff, uh, and it's like. Well, but then, so are you not going to take the money because it came from, you don't know where it came from? Right. It's, it's yeah. I mean, like, I, I did one scene in a Woody Allen movie a couple years ago. and Yeah, then, this was going to be one of my questions. Okay, Let's yeah. hear about your, your I mean, moral, because you had a little yeah. uh I, I've spent regret. years spiraling about this. Um, and I sort of torpedoed my life by uh, expressing all my regrets. Um, so I, you did this scene in a movie, yeah. a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. Which was, I imagine, fucking crazy when you got that offer, right? Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be in a Woody Allen movie, right? And I, I will admit, I spent, uh, you know, I, I, you're an actor, you're struggling, you're failing, you audition for everything, and yeah. there's so many things I audition for. Where I'm like, this is terrible, or mm-hmm. I don't like this person who made this, or I think this part is actually harmful for the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Ken Cosign, right? Absolutely. There's yes. so, there's so I much absolutely of that. do the same thing. Yeah. There's so much of that. But uh, the point where I got this audition, it was when we were filming season one of The Tick. And for the first time, I was ostensibly kind of a stable actor, mm. which, um, you know, you never feel stable no. on the inside of anything. No. And who knew if the show was going to continue or whatever. Right. But I had, you know, I was like a lead character on a TV show that was about to premiere and I got this audition. And going through that process, I was mostly just like, oh, wow, it's a crazy audition. What have you? Whatever. And then I got the part and immediately felt uh, super conflicted about it. And mm-hmm. I had about a month between when they had given me the part and when um, and shooting. And, uh, you know, everyone just sort of assumed, well, of course you want the part. There was no discussion of, do you want to do this? Right. It was just presented to me as, and they've cast you. And I spent that month essentially just having panic attacks for a straight month. Sure. And talking to people about it and having all these complicated conversations of like, well, are you doing anything bad by being in the movie and this and that and da-da-da-da-da? And, you know, I ended up rationalizing it to myself mostly, I mean, A, out of the fear of turning down a job, which is a scary thing to do. So scary. And the repercussions I thought I would experience from turning it down, which I think would have been less than what I experienced for taking the job and taking, you know, uh, responsibility for that. I think that damaged me more than if I had just uh, quit. But in the 
moment, the idea of calling up my agent and going, I'm not going to do this movie, felt like they will drop me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and it, it, and right. they depend on I your income. Totally. And it's just like, Which yeah. I'm not saying in any way defend myself, but what I ended up coming around to was, well, experientially, I kind of want to do this. The part's different than what I've done. His movies work in a different way. I'm an actor. I'm trying to learn whatever I want to do this. And I showed up on set and immediately was like, this is the worst decision I've ever made my entire life. Mm. The second I was there on set and it was a tangible thing, yeah. I felt uh, it's such intense. Like, I, I felt like, you know, I was in some thriller movie where I'm like constantly like running for my life or whatever. Oh the way God. my morality was chasing me. And about a week or two later, after the first wave of Weinstein stories uh, had come out in the New York Times, I was having a panic attack at three in the morning and I just went, fuck it. And I tweeted a whole bunch of things about the whole process and how I felt bad about doing it and that I had donated my salary to Rain. Um, and a lot of people, uh, you know, will criticize me and go, well, you took the money, you took the job, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, well, I took it. I never cashed the check. I uh, directly transferred it over to Rain, and I donated more than what I had made on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, A, that's money I was putting into circulation, if not a substantial amount, because what do movies don't pay well. So, in a way, you stole from you him. You took the money of a monster and gave it to a good cause. And it's not like that was any strategy of mine. That no. was me yeah, trying yeah, to play yeah. catch up for feeling like I had fucked sure. up that badly. But the thing I keep on thinking about is, to a certain degree— I feel an equal, if not greater, amount of guilt for the number of years after reading, you know, the um, the Ronan Farrow, the first New York Times piece she wrote like five or six years ago. Yeah. Which was the first time she had spoken as Oh, the an Dylan Farrow piece? Yes. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The Dylan Farrow piece, the first one she wrote, I think about 2012 or 2013. And uh, I continued to go see his movies, you know, in theaters after that. Mm-hmm. And I continued to buy his older films yeah, that I yeah. liked more on Me Blu-ray too. or whatever. And I feel weirdly as much shame for the fact that I was giving him money, yeah, you know, and yeah. supporting him and supporting his work and normalizing the sort of sense of, well, if you make good work, you should be exempt. But I, I think what's interesting about your story and also this MIT story, the, the sim <laughs> and climate change, sure. the, the three yeah. of these yeah. phenomena yeah. having yeah. is that it's not you that's the problem it's right. the institutional pipelines right yeah. like you are yeah. not holding up woody allen's morality joy ito is not right. holding up jeffrey yeah. epstein like you you know what i mean you guys are just part of a system that's been put in place by sure. film studios totally film My- studios that are, are the ones that looked away it's not you that looked away right. you had no power right, right? and it's like i take joy responsibility ito is not the yeah. one that was like totally. this department needs money it was set up that he had to constantly beg and, for and money also the question you know? of, if you don't take the epstein money maybe there's not money of that size that is going to come to you. You, yeah, you might not yeah. hit your Ex- funding no, goals. Exactly. Right. And I think you're put in such an, and, and it's so funny because M- MIT is a like slightly more macro example. Sure. Yours is the micro, micro example. Yeah. Um, but we're all struck with this, I think, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're in, when you're an entrepreneur, when yeah. you're doing your own right. thing. The, like there's st- stuff like that that happens all the time. The flip yeah. side to me is that you take the money from Epstein and Epstein believes he's legitimized. He believes right. he's a legitimate person. He believes that he can work and move in these circles. And so he's further emboldened. And his and and his victims feel that he is for, further emboldened and further untouchable. And it is 
it 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 is a co-signing of the continued relevance and and power of this person Th- that to is the take issue. their money. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, uh, Lessig sort of says, well, you know, it wasn't like he was asking us to put his name on a building. It wasn't like we were hanging up plaques of him. But in his mind, of course, that's the thing. It was still the same transaction. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it, you're doing moral money laundering. You yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's reintegrating himself into high society. You know, his he gets to go around and maybe. I mean, I'm spitballing. But maybe he says, oh, I'm a high donor at MIT. Right. Get me more girls. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't know what happened. But but right, also, right. even if not that, even yeah. if it never crossed over into his, you know, sexual life. Right. So much of Jeffrey Epstein's currency was his standing in society. And so and when that, you co-sign right. that, when you allow him to give right. and you allow him to continue to do that stuff. He walks around with impunity, same as what Griffin said about Trump. Yeah. And you see the sort of, uh, you know, the attendance records of uh, all the dinner parties that Epstein held after getting out of jail. And, which is lunacy. Which is lunacy. And you look at all the people who are on that list, you go, this is absurd. Are all of them yeah. in on it? And the reality is, no, a lot of them were not in on it. A lot of them were probably playing willfully naive. But a lot of them were lured because they're friends with people who say, oh, he's good. He gives money to this stuff or whatever. Yes, right. You know, that's, that's right. what he was buying his way back he's into. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, right. That and is giving, my fear. That giving is my himself fear. that yeah. insulation. He bought himself back into polite society. It worked. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So for me, I like, you know, my whole Woody Allen takeaway was like, I don't feel like I'm empowering him, but I feel like I am in my own small way contributing to the cycle sure. of him continuing to exist with total impunity, which for me, even though I understand that it is so much about the larger kind of machinations of show business right. that put me in that position where I compromised my my values in that way, the overriding thing was I feel like a hypocrite because I would judge someone else for doing this, yeah. you know? Yeah. By the yeah. way, I, didn't, I never finished my, my three-parter, which is— uh, what you and um, MIT and climate change have in common, which is that, uh, which is like climate change isn't about me having cloth napkins, right? No, no, right. No. It's it's about gov- you know intergovernmental diplomatic action, yeah. yeah, on a fucking really grand scale. Yeah. That said, I schwit every time I use single use plastic, yeah. right? Yeah. Even though I'm not the one, right? or <laughs> but even, I right. am, but I'm not. It's so un- I, I, I know all of the complicated feelings. But it's that balance of like, you want right. to do whatever little thing you can, yeah. but you also understand that the real things that are going to move the lead- needle are so far above us and yeah. you don't understand how to actually change those and things. And it's unfortunate because yeah. you don't know what the, like with the actors, you can point at the actor and be like, I know you, I saw your face, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know the name of the studio head if I'm like an right. average person right. trying to Right. cancel someone. So I don't know so the name. actually know. giving them money yeah. and bankrolling them and developing them and all this I don't know the name of, of the right. person who all they know bankrolled is, Woody uh, Allen's All movie. they know is the girl who wore the Hillary Clinton t-shirt in her Instagram feed. That's yep. all they fucking yep. know. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> cancel. Listen, to canceled and back. That's the name of my memoir. <laughs> you can't cancel me. I've been canceled. I'm back. I've been canceled again. I'm back. <laughs> Uncancelable. <laughs> you guys. You're on unca- You see? Well, maybe. I don't know. You guys, Griffin's experienced uh, it. Yeah, we have to end the show because Harry over here wants us to get the he, fuck he out of the all studio. Of um, so uh, I first I ask at the end of every show, how do you guys feel? Like in general, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, uh, I I I feel I like I need to read a lot more about about how impeachment works. Um, be, and I, and I feel hopeful that maybe this will cause like younger Democrats who 
were uh, feeling like, oh, like th- they don't ever do anything. So why should I bother to to vote? Why should I bother to campaign or whatever? That they'll be like, oh, okay, like there's movement. Yeah, I hope there's movement. The weird, yeah, the weird thing with with movement, especially when it's like actually talking about and tackling these big subjects that have mm-hmm. sort of been undiscussed for so long, is it like feels terrible and fantastic at the same time. You know, there's a reason we try to avoid staring these things straight in the eye, like climate change or like, uh, you know, positions of power with abusers or any of these things. Uh, The idea of impeaching Trump, because it just feels like we don't want to get our hopes up that things can be good. We don't want to spend too much time thinking about how bad things actually are. We try to find a balance between the two. Um, But it does feel like, I mean, all the, the subjects that came up in this episode today are examples of the dialogue actually being forced to continue, Mm -hmm. which is a net positive, even if sometimes it feels like stressful and maddening. It is a net positive. I love that. Thank you. Um, All right, you guys. I want for people to be able to follow you and all of the shows that you were on that have been canceled. (laughs) Sure. Um, (laughs) So many. I've been literally canceled. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To cancel it and back. (laughs) To cancel it and back. Gabby, where do they follow you? Uh, I'm at Gabby Road on Instagram and at Gabby Dunn on Twitter. And and I guess I said my email address. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, please uh, subscribe to our podcast oh yeah subscribe to bad with money and um and uh, get the bad with money book and i don't want it this is next week this comes out or it's like thursday 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 oh yeah i got Tomorrow. A, i got a graphic novel coming out october 8th oh you should get that get it and uh, it's called bury the lead it's out from boom studios and that's like my latest thing nice griffin uh, Griff Lightning on all social media platforms, although trying to spend less time on social media for my own sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, Blank Check Podcast, which I host with David Sims of The Atlantic, where we pick a director and go through their whole filmography when they sort of get blank check status and get to make crazy, crazy movies. So we're finishing up uh, going through all of uh, Hayao Miyazaki's filmography right now and then uh, starting Jonathan Demi in the next couple of Ooh, months. Ooh, yeah. uh, Excited about that. Uh, yeah, and then the ticket's still viewable on uh, Amazon, uh, at least for the indefinite future, and I'm proud of it. Even if it's done, I want people to watch it. Uh, you guys know where to find me and all the things, but what I really want to point out is that people have been emailing me about um, the, the bike lane conversation we had um, and making cities more you know, uh, hospitable to bikes. And I've been getting a bunch of great messages um, as far away as uh, New Zealand um, with people in New Zealand really angry at scooters. So uh, <laughs> not not our listener. Our listener loves scooters. It's like they were showing me posters of people who spent the time to put up posters <laughs> that were angry about scooters. That said, like, what? don't scoot here? What, it's what are you like, what? take our scooters or not. These streets don't belong to scooters. Some ah! shit like that. I don't remember. But anyway... Um, um, I, I also want to point out, for people who live in Charleston, South Carolina, I got an email from a listener about the Ashley River crossings. They're trying to build bike paths. There, there's some um, resistance uh, to al- actually allocating the funds to get it done. So if you live in that area and you care, please go to um, charlestonmoves.org and uh, look up the Ashley River crossings and what you can do to kind of get your local representatives to make that project happen. Um 
I know that's like hyper local to those people, <laughs> but I don't care. I, I just get excited that there are these things happening around the country and I want them to happen and it makes me just excited that there's movement on them. Uh, but what I really want to do is I want to thank the team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, Gabby Alter, wrote our theme music, Lily Fleshler helps with research. And you guys, you know, we love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, uh, topics we should be t- chatting about, guest ideas. You can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts because it really does help people find the show. And oh my God, you guys are great. I will see you next week in your ears. (laughs) 